Welcome to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. The place with the big red chair. Celebrating 50 years. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right. We are back. Rich Orris here filling in for Scott Mosby today. Having just a great time doing what I do. Kind of this is what I do all week. You know, talk with clients, look at their house, try and be the best advisor I can be and just, you know, give some good advice on remodeling, things that are going wrong, what might be happening, how can we correct it, what makes it better, or just how can we do things better, like when you're getting siding or when you're getting windows or when you're getting doors. You know, there are good, better, best products and in ways to install. Um, there's a lot of things like that that are can be very different. Um, so something, you know, to really think about as you get into stuff. So today I am here for all of you. So feel free if you have anything, questions, comments, concerns, anything going on, feel free to give me a call. We got a full hour left for you. And the phone lines are wide open. 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. And, you know, so I was thinking about the timelines, you know, like Barb was asking about that egress window and what what kind of timelines, you know, can we expect? And so in, in talking about the decks and the patios and the different, you know, outdoor projects and, you know, just kind of wanting to throw that alert out there to everybody to, you know, start planning now for exterior projects for next year. Um, you know, things, if, if you haven't heard, things are very busy. Um, materials can take a long time to, to get. I've, I've had decks where, you know, the composite floor they picked ended up taking six months to get the color that they wanted. Um, I've had a couple that ended up changing their mind and going back shopping again and picking a different color, which is like, well, you know, for me, I'm like, yeah, you know, if you want to wait six months, get the color that you want, make your home, which what, what's perfect for you. You're going to absolutely love it. So we don't mind waiting. If you don't mind waiting, we'll get everything ready to go. And, and when we have the stuff, we can still get it done. But so just a reminder to kind of Think about these outdoor projects. Don't wait for spring to arrive and start thinking, well, let's get a deck done so we can enjoy it by summer because timelines are stretched. Timelines are farther out than they used to be for pretty much everybody. So, you know, think about that when you're looking into these projects. Maybe just start thinking a little sooner and start planning a little sooner than you would and it's still a great time to do it, still a great time to get it done. Um, we just need to take a little more time to plan, which is what we do at Mosby every day, all the time. Make sure we get it right. Make sure we plan it out. You know, make sure we're designing things well. So we're, we're taking a lot of that time up, you know, in the design phase to say, yep, let's get that project built well, quick, better, smarter, faster for you, and get all that planning done up front. So this is just kind of a promotion of what we've been doing for years anyways. It's just kind of in the public eye of everybody right now. So uh, speaking about the public eye, let's get Sandy on the phone. She has a question about uh, garage floor. Sandy, are you with us? I am. Hey, thanks for calling. What do you got going on with your garage floor? I'm considering 
in, we're putting in a epoxy garage floor. Uh-huh. I'd just like to know pros and cons. And also, can that same material go out on my patio? Um, okay, so it depends on what kind of epoxy that you're talking about. Are you talking about like the the paint-on kind? And, and a lot of times they just put the little speckles in it? Exactly. Yeah, so that that. I mean, technically that can go on your patio, but I wouldn't recommend that outside. Um, it, it may not last as well. Um, and there are other types of concrete coatings that will last better and work better on the outside of the house, you know, outside of that garage floor. There's several different types of coatings that you can move to that will work really, really well. Um, right, because right outside. now my... my my patio is slick as glass when it's wet. Oh, okay. Yeah. So so you definitely want to get something with some texture to get rid of that slickness. And in the garage, that is definitely one of the, the cons of, you know, when you do that epoxy in that garage, you want to make sure, you know, if that can be the con of the slickness if you don't put some kind of texture into that that epoxy to to take the slickness out of that because being painted on like that it definitely can be slick unless you get some sort of sand texture sort of substance inside of that so are you in favor of the epoxy floor in the garage yeah as long as your garage floor is in decent condition and and not a lot of you know sinking and cracking and moving and stuff like that yes i think the the epoxy coating in the garage floor can work really well Mm -hmm. Um, it can hold up really well if if the concrete itself is in good shape and they clean it and they do you know all the appropriate prep work prior to putting that epoxy on it can last really, really well and protect that garage floor. And it's clean, you know, to clean up easier, all of that sort of stuff. So it's really just right. a matter of getting it right the first time and prepping it correctly so that it will last for you. Perfect. Thank you so much. You have a great day. Hey, yeah, no problem. You have a great day too, Sandy. I appreciate the call and another great question. And, you know, we've seen a lot of that, you know, epoxy garage floor when not prepped well, when they really don't clean the concrete well, and, you know, it goes straight back to that theory of everything we've been talking about so far today with, you know, Robin's back patio, can I put it on the concrete? You know, everything, again, being as good as its base and only it's going to last as well as what's underneath it. You know, think of roofing the same way. You know, we used to do a lot more roofing recovers, you know, years ago when I first started, you know, doing work in in the late 80s and and 90s, there was a lot of shingle recovering going on. You see a lot, lot less of that today because everybody's just realized that, you know, even without hailstorms and all these other things that end up happening, you, you know, you end up with a substance that only lasts about half of the life cycle that it should because you have a worn out base underneath it. So you end up with nails from the lower roof popping through the newer roof. It gets hotter, it gets more brittle, and it just doesn't last. So when you do a roofing recover, they literally tell you right up front, okay, 
you know, if it's a 30-year shingle, then you're probably going to have about a 15-year roof. It's going to cut that life expectancy in half, and that is true for almost everything that we do. So if they don't prep that concrete well, well, there you go. You know, you might end up with that epoxy bubbling and separating and having problems and peeling off, and the epoxy coat itself is good. It's just not sticking to that base that wasn't prepared well or if it's moving and shifting and things like that. So keep your eye on what's underneath everything for sure. So we're going to get into our first break here, but feel free. We've got a lot of time left. Give us a shout today. Rich Orris filling in for Scott Mosby, 314-436-7900. Love to help you out, and we will be back right after this. Don't just listen to the news. React to it. We are the voice of St. Louis. Everyone is welcome. All right. We are back having a grand old time today. Just flying through the time like always. So absolutely love it. Rich Orris here filling in for Scott Mosby today. And we have just had a list of great, great questions Great callers, love helping out. If you've got something going on, jump in. Bunch of phone lines still open, 314-436-7900. Absolutely love to help you and everybody out. And let's see if we can help Tim out today. Has uh, has a question about some gaps in a driveway or patio. Tim, are you with us? Yes, I am. And uh, thank you for uh, for what you do. And oh, I you're have... welcome. Thank you. And that's, um, well, uh, I'm the beneficiary of your uh, wisdom, so I'm, uh, I'm very grateful, but, um, I have a patio and a driveway and, um, a garage, uh, that are attached to, uh, that butt up to the house that I've got. And there's gaps that have formed. And I was wondering, I know that I need to fill the gaps with something, but I was curious as to uh, uh, what your sponsors would be able to provide me with uh, the uh, the appropriate uh, materials to help fill those gaps. And then what do I do once hopefully the gaps are filled up enough that uh, uh, it's like sidewalk to house, it's like garage wall uh, to house, it's uh, patio to house, uh, you know, foundation type things. Uh-huh. So I was just wondering what you could recommend that your, uh, that your sponsors might be able to provide for me. Yeah, no, absolutely. So the, the best thing that you want to do with that is, you know, caulk those gaps. You want to, you want to fill it up with a caulk so that, you know, you, you're keeping water from running down, you know, okay, between well, these, there and the gaps, foundation. These, these gaps are half to five eighths of an inch uh, wide. So I'm going to need some kind of a filler. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so there is a. Um, what kind of gravel is there? Like the I've heard of pea gravel. I don't want to use silica sand because it's uh, much too toxic to, uh, yeah. to deal with. And I've been way, way too much exposed to that in in my previous existences. So I was wondering if there's um, what what you might recommend to uh, to get into that half to five eighths inch. Um, uh, that would fill that up and then then um, seal it with some kind of um, uh, something. 
Yep. Yeah. So so there is a substance. You don't really need to do like the rock or the sand or anything like that to fill it up. There's a there's a substance called a backer rod. It comes kind of in a roll and it's just a foam rod that is really long. You can buy like a 25 foot roll or a 50 foot roll and it comes in multiple, multiple sizes. So it's just like a foam rod and you, so you can buy it like, you know, half inch, five eighths, three quarters. You can buy it like eighth inch increments. So you want it to be just a little bit bigger than what your space is. And you basically put this backer rod down in there, cut it the length and just kind of shove it down in there and the good thing about this is it's a circle, so it's round. So what happens is it kind of leaves the sides down a little bit lower so you can leave the top of the backer rod about a quarter inch from the top of the concrete. And, and so what happens when you do your driveway urethane-based caulk, you know, first you put on a primer. There's a primer that can give you kind of just like priming plumbing pipes, you know, okay. before you put the primer on and that'll kind of clean the concrete and, and help the caulk stick. But with that back rod being round, you'll get about a half inch of caulk sticking to the side of the concrete and to the side of the foundation. So you'll have a lot of grip, you know, you okay. want it, but uh, you'll one... use less caulk because it's round and, and, you know, it's a little thinner on top. Okay. One caveat to all of this is that, uh, this, uh, this home, before I bought it, um, they did have a termite uh, issue, and um, I want to. Uh, that's that's one of the big things that I'm trying mm-hmm. to to make sure that uh, whatever I put in there will go ahead and, and uh, uh, fill the void so that uh, the uh, the termites cannot uh, reestablish themselves here. And so far, everything's great, but. Uh, I'm just uh, okay. one of those that uh, plans for the future. Yep, know, yep. So. And, and so the back rod's a foam. The caulk is like a, a, a urethane-type caulk, so they won't want to eat through any of that. You know, that won't be anything appealing to them, you know, whatsoever to try and go through or anything. So you'll be pretty good with the termites with those products. Um, the biggest thing I would say is just to make sure that everything is flowing away from the house because when you caulk this good, it's going to, hold water it's gonna you know any any rain that gets there can run down the driveway or run down the patio to the outside away from the foundation and it just doesn't let that water get underneath that patio and down to the foundation of the footings if your patio is sloping the wrong way you'll end up with a big puddle back there so if it's you got to make sure that patio is sloping away you know from the house. If it's not, you might consider either replacing it or maybe some mud jacking like Helotech does where you mud jack that pad up, it lifts it up, gets it flowing away, then you do your caulking to keep your water. Well, the, the fortunate part is that uh, all of the surfaces that I'm talking about uh, are uh, slanted away from the uh, the foundation. And I have, Good. and I'm up on a high ground and it all drains away from me um, uh, into, <laughs> unfortunately, into my neighbor's yards. But uh, um, it uh, it keeps me from having any issues whatsoever with uh, water in my basement. And uh, although it's had some epoxy injections to, to take care of some cracks and things like that over, the, uh, you know, I don't know when, but uh, yeah. before I bought it. But uh, but it turns out that uh, 
that's not the issue. I just want to make sure that I didn't end up, uh, or, or if I should put some kind of filler into these, uh, into these cracks, uh, or spaces, you know, that are there, they're not cracks, but uh, yeah, spaces. Yeah. Yep. and see about, uh, you know, getting that, uh, taken care of so that there's, uh, you know, some, some means for that moisture, whatever moisture might get in there to uh, flow to my drainage systems that, uh, that have been installed in the house. So, yep. Yeah. So, and there really isn't, you know, a, a big reason to fill that, that void, you know, in that concrete between the foundation, other than the, the back around oh, really? the caulking, you don't really have, I mean, you could pour some sand or something like that down there, but you don't want to fill it up so far and you definitely don't want to caulk to the sand or anything like that. You want to, that backrods foam, it'll move, it'll expand. If the if the patio moves a little bit, gets a little closer to the house, it'll just mash that caulk a little bit. If it stretches away from the house, it'll pull it a little bit. But you oh, know, I thought that this, the uh, you know I, I just wanted to leave uh, uh, you know a lesser amount of space for any critters to get in there. So that was that was my concern. Yeah, yeah, it's not the most important thing. That foam and that caulk will keep the water and everything out, and it'll work pretty well for you. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you so very much. Absolutely. And and all of this is available at your sponsors, uh, perhaps in uh, Valley Park? Um, So big box stores will have, you know, the the, the caulking and stuff. (laughs) Um, But, but, um, yeah, so they should have it, yeah down there they should have that okay this is a year sure driveway sponsors yeah no i appreciate so. that very much yep all right well god bless and keep you all and uh i hope that uh uh, uh I, I will be looking forward to uh, getting this uh under control and and thank you so very much for your uh for your guidance really yeah absolutely no problem whatsoever appreciate it tim thanks for calling in and so I think let's get into our middle hour break here. If uh, I'm going to ask Jeannie to kind of hold on to the line so that way we'll have enough time for her when we return. And anybody else out there will have a whole nother half hour for you. So give me a shout, 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. We'll be here for you and we'll be right back. The Cards and Royals continue their weekend series tonight, and you can hear it here. Ameren pregame show 515, first pitch 610, on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX and KMOX.com. All right, we are back. Hey, Rich Orris filling in here today for Scott Mosby on the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show, helping all our friends out today. And you know what? We want to help you out too. So we've got a lot of time left. We've got like, I don't even, there's like 12 lines on this computer in front of me. It's a good thing I don't know how to use it. I got help in here, but uh, <laughs> doing this for me for sure. But um, we, we want to help everybody. So plenty of room and time for you. 314 436 Seven nine hundred. And speaking of helping our friends, let's get Jeannie on the line and see what's going on. What do you have for us today? Hi, Rich. Um, great to get in and be able to talk to you. Um, so I have a an asphalt driveway that has really significant deterioration. I think there is even some of the gravel that you know, revealed 
underneath. It has a, it's a it's a a new property, and we're we're trying to flip it. Okay. And so I wanted to figure out what is the lowest cost way to get that back into some decent shape. And I had an idea that I think would look good, but I don't know if it's possible or um, economical. And that is to do a black gravel driveway. Oh, okay. And so I just wondered if, you know, you've got any ideas, suggestions? So what would what would that entail? Yeah, yeah. So so the question would be a couple questions I would have come up with the gravel driveway is, are you in a municipality that will let you have a gravel driveway? Um, I do believe so. Yeah, I know. I know I would have to check that for sure. But I think that's probable. But but what I can tell you is. I've I've seen a couple of concrete driveways because because there's people out there that um, prefer obviously concrete over asphalt, but in some of these older neighborhoods, the asphalt is kind of becoming of the neighborhood. It fits. It's a good thing. Everyone's got it. It's not an issue. They like the look of it with right. you know a hundred and thirty year old home. So I've seen they do an exposed aggregate concrete that has a black gravel and it looks a lot like asphalt when it's done and you get the benefits of a concrete driveway. But the reason I'm bringing this up is because the black gravel is so, so crazy expensive. I don't know that that, I don't know that you can find a black gravel that's not going to be so expensive that you're better off just repaving the driveway. Now, one of the okay. things I've seen companies do when they repave is, you know, it, it, it's I've been talking about this the whole show for almost, you know, an hour and a half now about how everything's as good as what's below it. But basically, a lot of times what they do is they they cut the driveway out about four or five or six feet from the garage. And then they go over top of the existing asphalt with another layer of asphalt. And then when you get to the garage, they can kind of taper it in and flush it out with the garage with the area that they took out, if that kind of helps describe, you know, why they would take some of that out. And that would be the least expensive way to re-asphalt it. Although okay. it's, you know, there's a there's a whole lasting value thing there. Well, if you're flipping it, then, you know, you you only need that value to go so far. It's just really, you know, most asphalt companies will probably tell you it's kind of like re-roofing. It's going to be about half the life expectancy. So if a new driveway is going to give you, you know, 20 or 30 years, you're going to be lucky if you get 10 or something out of, you know, going over the top of one that's not in that great a shape. Um, And and it might be so bad that they won't, but I'm guessing that, Aside from a not black gravel, your your re-asphalt's going to be your most economical solution to getting okay. the driveway back. Unless you go with a gravel that's, you know, dig it out and go with a regular white gravel. Okay. 
Um, yeah, I yeah, I hadn't looked into that, and I um, just wondered, um, is there any other surface finish that, you know, might be, you know, not not typical or, um, but still workable that would be, you know, have some economy to it that you can think of? No, I mean, gravel's going to be the least expensive. Asphalt's going to be after that. Pavers, concrete, all that's going to be more, you know, on the more expensive side. Yeah. Um, and so really, you know, um, other than like where a lot of it's grass and you do like a couple strips of gravel where your tires go or something, you know, could be right, another right. solution that could be a little bit less. But, yeah, I think the gravel and the asphalt is going to be on your lowest end of any kind of driveway. Okay. Well, very good. Thanks so much. Okay. Hey, no problem. You are very welcome. And let's go uh, straight to Lynn and see what's going on with Lynn. What do you got for us, Lynn? Thanks for calling. Hi. Uh, yeah, I have a, a bowed window in the front of the house, and it needs painting and caulking and scraping. It's just kind of in bad shape. Now, is that something for a handyman or a painter or either, or what do you think? Um, how old is the window? Is it's, it... it's, it's original with the house, which is like 55 years old. Okay. So, you know, painter would be the middle of the road um, if... Because they can do the scraping and the painting and the caulking and stuff. Now, if you need it, you know, if it's in bad enough shape or you need it completely stripped down, and if there's any reglazing of the of the glass on the outside, the edges, you know, where the glazing and everything is, you you may be with that age. You may want to try and find more of a window restoration type company that actually reglazes them and can strip them down. And, and all of that, and then they can do any of the painting, caulking, stuff like that, too. So I would I would go from a painter to a window restoration-type company is where you're mm-hmm. going to be in between the two of them somewhere. So uh, like a window restoration company, is that something like Anderson or Pella or something like that? No, it, the, no it's basically... Um, you know, there, there's there's a few of them out there that, you know, they're basically, they they work on the restoration of old wood windows, windows that are, you know, 100 years old or whatever, and they can completely, they can take them out, they can strip them down, they can restore them, they can make them work, they can put them back together. So that's going a little beyond just the painting. If the window's in pretty good shape, and it works and it functions and it's basically peeling paint and, and caulking missing, you know, then you can probably get to that painter, exterior painter type person. But if it's in worse shape, no, the not the window manufacturers, but there's actual like restoration people. Mm, that, I see. That okay. Rebuild so, them, uh, basically. If, if I called a painter first, yeah. Would he be able to tell me, or do you think he'd say, yeah, I can do it? <laughs> well, that's the thing to, to you know, work out first. You might want to try and start with finding, you know, um, either like Google search or phone book and stuff like the window restoration people. Okay, all right. they might be a little more of an advisor to say, well, this is all the things that we can do 
but your window's in this shape, so they might recommend going stepping down to just the painter if it's okay. You I know, see. And, and okay. Saying they're, but, yeah, a lot of painters might, just to get work, say, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 we could do yeah, that. that. When you ask people that's... if they could do stuff, a lot of them answer yes. You know, uh-huh. and okay. it's hard to determine whether they really know or really can, you know, because that window restoration, when you get into that, it is a hard, tedious, long project. I um, see. You know. And expensive, probably. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So, okay, well, that's good advice because I would like to have a good job done. Yeah, so I would start with the restoration, and then if they feel the window's in good enough shape, they, they'll probably advise you just back down to a painter. Okay, thank you. All right. You. I, I have another question, if I could. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. If you got time. I've got uh, aluminum siding on my gables, and they do need to be uh, painted. And I know there's a lot of preparation that goes with that, uh-huh. but I'm not sure. And also, uh, on some areas, it it's kind of bleeding onto the uh, brick. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, so is that hard to get off, and is that, I know that's doesn't look great, but uh, yeah, that, is that all one project, or? Uh, no, I that would two? say, I would say really get the, get the aluminum cleaned up, you know, painted, get that to a good state, and then you'll need a brick mason to come in oh. and try and clean that brick um, or, or a tuck pointer, uh, either brick mason or tuck pointing company could come in and they're, it's like an acid washing. They've, you know, how they clean the brick and stuff and brick is very porous. So it may not all come out or, or it may be like you're scratching so far down into the surface to get it all out. You don't want to damage the brick. So, so a good, brick mason or tuck pointer kind of knows when to stop and say that's as good as I can get it if I get it any cleaner I'm probably going to end up weakening this brick and then the moisture is going to start to deface it and you know we'll end up replacing it or it may just go to a you know a replacement of a brick if it's that bad but um, usually you can fade Mm -hmm. it down enough where it's better it's might not be, you know, sometimes it could be a hundred percent gone, but it might not be a hundred percent gone, but it'll, it'll look well enough for, you know, a 55, 60 year old home. It'll look better than it does, but I would let the right people do the right thing, you know, so the painter saying, yeah, let me just start rubbing this stuff all over the brick. You know, you don't want a handyman like destroying a brick and he doesn't even realize it. Mm -hmm. I see. Okay. Okay. Well, I thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. No problem. Thank you, Lynn. Great question. And uh, I think for everybody else out there, we've got a couple people on hold. So if you can hang on through this break, we will get to your call right after we return. Stick with me. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. The place with the big red chair. Celebrating 50 years. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right, Rich Orris here, filling in for Scott Mosby today and uh, having a great time getting just a ton of great questions, great calls, and let's uh, 
Let's get straight to Bev has a question for us. Bev, are you with us? What do you got going on? I am. Um, unfortunately, two of my adult children have bought uh, wooden houses. <laughs> okay. Not uh, with my blessing, but in, in anyway, they now have uh, woodpeckers who are loving their wood houses. And I, you know, we've been talking about how to fill in the holes and how to maintain those houses. And in, I don't, I, some of them are pretty deep. Uh-huh. And I didn't know if there was a, a product that you could use, like a caulk or something to put in and then finish it off with wood putty, exterior wood putty, or whether it all has to be wood putty or what's the easiest way to fill in and maintain these holes yeah. any way to keep the woodpeckers away well and and that's kind of the goal is really um you know having the house uh if it's wood stained and and coated and and trying to keep as much moisture out of that wood as you can right. that's kind of one of the things they like and then trying to do things that would deter the woodpeckers i know there's a ton of theories of like fake snakes hanging around or owls right. um, yeah. you know uh, noise machines that sound like a hawk or different things to try and keep them away but um mm-hmm. you're you're basically either into yes like a wood putty fill the whole thing or a if it's all the way through and it's getting really big, just a replacement of that piece of wood, and then you know restaining and and all of that. I, I had a house years ago that was all a really really dark um, stained cedar. It was a real dark brown, and we would take um, just a dark brown piece of metal, like a coil aluminum you know, metal piece that we use for siding and we would just cut these squares and we would tuck them underneath the lap siding and, and nail it on over the hole. And this guy probably had 50 of these things on his house and he was just kind of doing this as the years went by in progression to when he was going to completely reside the house. So it was a real quick, easy way to just kind of like cover up that hole, you know, spread that piece out, beyond the hole, tuck it under the piece behind it so that water doesn't get behind the metal and keep getting in. Um, and, and, you know, that's, it wasn't a super attractive, you know, way to do it, but it, it was, you know, he was surrounded by woods. It was on the back, you know, three sides of the house. And, you know, eventually he ended up reciting the entire house to get right. rid of all that wood. And he, he knew that. So he was just waiting for that to happen. But yeah, I think you're either into wood replacement or a full, just a wood putty, you know, to, okay. uh, so even with the holes that are, are deep and, and I don't mean they go all the way through, but they yeah. take a lot of wood putty, like, you know, they're like golf, maybe baseball, no golf ball size, ping pong ball size. Yeah. In, circular and and a little you know maybe one inch or so deep i mean it's yeah. that's a lot of putty to just yep. push in there so i didn't know whether you could do like a caulk to get it behind it but not fill it up all the way and then finish it with a wood 
Yeah, I, I wouldn't recommend that because you got the two, you know, dissimilar materials. So, okay. you know, you're probably better off having the, the thicker wood putty just kind of filling in there all the way through where it's the okay. same material and, you know, yeah. Okay. Yep. So is there any easier way other than just a big putty knife or because it says not to touch it and I'm usually the person who can. Yeah, just know. a big, yeah, just a big putty knife. Yep. Okay. Okay. That is the that is the easiest way to go about it. Then you can sand it a little bit and paint okay. it, stain it, whatever's on top, and yep. Right. Let it go from All there, right. and then buy a great big owl, put one on every peak or something. Okay. <laughs> There's a lot All of right. theories for that. So, righty. No, All right. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Okay. No problem. Appreciate the call. Um, let's jump to uh, Jan real quick. Um, we've got about a minute or two, Jan, if we can get through this real quick for you. What do you got going on? Hi, you're doing a great job. Thank well, you. Thank you. And um, I have a patio that has a concrete patio that has uh, a large one that we put a sealer on it and uh, on top of it several times and most recently this spring. And it was a uh, uh, kind of it was an expensive project because this was a uh, one of the better ones, and uh-huh. um, uh, but weeds are coming through. Um, what um, what would you suggest, please? Weeds are coming through, like the cracks between the concrete. Well, it's it's that uh, on top of the concrete is this. Um, I don't know if it's an aggregate or what. It's it's oh, a yeah. little pebble thing. Yep. Stuff and so. I think that, you know, that has um, a different surface, obviously, than just straight concrete. Yeah, so there's probably either little divots or cracks in that that the weed's getting in and then growing out of. There's probably a fine hair crack, um, you know, in that. So those those cracks are very, very hard to fill. You can, you know, get the weeds, everything out, clean it out, and try and fill it with like a clear caulk or something, but you got to be very, very careful not to smear it around and not to make it look really worse or just keep the crack. It'll be okay if it's a fine hair and just keep using weed killer and letting it die and pull the weeds and just maintain it that way is probably going to be the easiest way. The weed killer doesn't hurt way. the concrete? No, it really shouldn't, especially if you got a sealer on there. But, hey, Jan, I appreciate the call. We have 10 seconds here, so... I'm going to have to say goodbye, and I'm going to have to say goodbye to everybody. Um, Scott will be back next week, so next time I'm around, I look forward to talking to everybody again.